1: Latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW.
3: Welcome up. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, much, 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 much more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Shocking headlines. Titillating fun in the world of finances, huh? Best Buy CEO resigns. This is a fun stock to watch because we've all been alive during its rise and its fall. And it's something we can understand as a business model. Les Moonves, head of uh, CBS at one point, was once asked about business models. And he said, I know more about fashion models than business models. I love dirty old men. I mean, I love old men who, how shall we say, uses their power and reach to, how shall we say, touch the softer side of youth. Oh boy, you're saying you're wound up today. That's damn right I am. This is fun time. This is earning season. This is my time. For a decathlon, this is like the night before the race. This is our decathlon now, for a decathlete. Intraday action was mildly disappointing yesterday. Suggesting a loss of underlying momentum. Little old Momo. After sharply lower open, Mark kind of inched higher all day long. As it has in the past six months, it wants to go higher, but you know what? There's just not going to be enough good news right now. Or if there is, I don't see it yet. Ain't on Ain't on me radar. We're up twenty plus percent in six months. Up twelve percent to start the year in the first quarter. So you know, late yesterday the market started to sell off a little bit. Underlying upward momentum that that Momo may be gone. Today, let's take a look at the numbers. <laughs> my hat just hit the microphone. In all the years that I've done this, I don't think my hat has ever hit the microphone. Dow's down 52, NASDAQ down 1, SP 500 down 4. 10 year Treasury bond sits around 2.0%. Oil sits at $102 a barrel. Best Buy CEO resigning. How's the stock responding to that? Up slightly. Now, let's talk a little bit about the whole Best Buy CEO resigning because, again, I think this is something that most people understand. When you study history, it's going to go down in history, that America, after World War II, started to leave the city and and head for the suburbs. We go through these phases where we go to the city, we leave the city, we go to the city, we we leave the city, Back in the early, mid-90s, we started heading towards cities again. We started leaving our suburban lifestyle of our driveways and our dogs and our fences. And we said, you know, let's go where the jobs are. Go where the high-paying jobs are. And part of this, the whole big big store, had a play in it. To me, I can explain it super easy for you. When I first moved to California, I looked at... Long's Drug Stores. And I said, that source is too damn big. You'd go in and you'd be like, I need one thing. And typically it's like, I was going to say herpes medicines, but that's not funny. They should have a version of herpes for guys. Can call it hispes. Because it would be so much easier. Hey. Um, so I'd go into CVS and I'd be looking for some sort of medicine. I don't know. Uh, allergy stuff. Benadryl. Uh, lots and lots of Benadryl. Not that I create meth for a living, but if I did, so you need meth, uh, no, you know, you need, um, you go into CVS and you need Benadryl. And you leave and like you're like, what the hell? That's a big store. Same thing with Best Buy. Now, unfortunately, in Best Buy, we used to go in and get two, three, four, five things. Now we just go in for one thing. So it needs to be a lot smaller. The CEO of Best Buy has made some just dramatically bad mistakes, um, shamelessly bad mistakes as far as business models go, and it's starting to catch up to him, so he's out. Now, Wall Street tends to like that. Wall Street tends to say, you know, he wasn't getting the stock higher, so let's get someone in there who can. Let's get someone in there who knows what they're doing. So who they appoint will be a big question. Keep in mind, just weeks after Best Buy I said it was closing 50 stores, Best Buy and CEO agreed to part ways. He made a big bet on the Geeks on Call, or the Geek Squad. Might want to get that right, especially when Geeks on Call are sponsor of the show. So um, one of their interim director board members, which... I think it's important to work on boards, especially nonprofit boards. If you could be on an auxiliary committee for like the San Francisco Zoo, if you if you can learn a little bit about your community and how they raise money and 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 how they need, you know, advertising and print, it's, it's critically important stuff. Even if you do it on a community level, I think that's cool. But Best Buy announced Brian Dunn has resigned as CEO and director. The company said there was no disagreements between Dunn and the company. The decision was a mutual agreement. Uh, shares are up slightly on the news. Electronic Giant lately has found itself outmaneuvered by Internet rivals. Last month said they were going to close 50 big-box stores and test-remodeled store formats in, in San Antonio and Minneapolis. Also said they're going to lay off 400 workers as part of a plan to trim $800 million in costs. If you ever go into a Best Buy right now and you look around, you run, you see a lot of employees just standing there. Now, keep in mind this is going to make a little bit of sense to you. There used to be the day when you'd go into a circuit city and you're like, no, 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 don't don't, sh- don't, touch me. Don't shake my hand. Like, the salespeople were kind of creepy and they they always wore those red shirts that had like stains on them that you're like, that's not organic. What is that? And they're trying to show you TVs and you, you, you thought they were steering you into in words, the higher commission TV. Best Buy really launched and took off when you had that, that person who said, this is the TV I would buy. This is the best looking black. And here's the difference between this black and that black. So this guy was with the company for 28 years. This is not a small go on, get out. This is an insult. This is a things were not working under you. Um, What else do I need to tell? Say, oh, Facebook buying Instagram yesterday. I think that is an interesting story to look at in large part. Facebook is all about pictures. I met someone the other day at Visa and pretty girl. You want to plug in her name? Do, 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 do. You want to plug in her name and see what she looks like cuz everyone's pictures on Facebook. Everyone has at least a picture or two. Nothing. She is like she's probably murdered someone and is in a witness relocation thing. Nothing. So you would have thought that someone took her to a baseball game or to Alcatraz and took her picture and posted it up on Instagram and her name got tied towards it. Nope. She's a ghost. My guess is she's an ax murderer. Just my guess. With that said, Facebook and Instagram, Instagram has something like 12 or 13 employees. They got bought for a billion dollars. Now listen to that. The company is 500 days old, right? And what's fascinating to think about that is, and I know you're saying, I want to see if this is really fascinating, or if you're using hyperbole, I'm probably using a little bit of hyperbole. But what's fascinating about that is the New York Times has been around for 116 years, and it's worth about $950 million. Instagram has been around for 550 days, and it's worth over a billion dollars. Welcome to the world we live in, right? Are you with me or are you against me? Because you can't be both. You've got to choose a side. With that said, uh, there's some big news. Facebook did a smart thing. They bought, they're trying to stay relevant with pictures. People go to Facebook for pictures. They're not really going there to play silly little games. Although they do, it's really a voyeuristic sight into into society and people we used to know. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to AM 1220. KDOW.
1: AM 1220 Con. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
3: Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. We have with us online the one, the only CFP, Chad Burton. Mr. Burton will be making a live and public appearance, whether you like it or not, at the Dinah's Garden Hotel. The Tr- Trader Vic's Restaurant, Thursday evening, So two evenings, from, three evenings from now tonight, tomorrow, and then Thursday, we'll do a little retirement planning and wealth preservation. How are you, Mr. Burton?
2: I'm, I'm great. I don't ever know when to say thank you for the intros.
3: Or <laughs> You're awesome. You're the best CFP I've ever met. Well, thanks.
2: Appreciate
3: yeah. It. You're also the best snowboarder I've ever met. You're the a best.
2: Of people better.
3: You're the best father I've met. Oh, thank you. You're the tallest five foot six person I've ever met.
2: Hey, so it's, it's taller than five six. <laughs> is it? <laughs> That's funny. Pushing push in five eight.
3: <laughs> You're so funny. How tough is it to grow up um, in a in a world that yeah, I think it's better to be a man than a woman? I think it's better that, to be taller than shorter. I think it's in a, in a business world. And again, I'd, honestly, I'd probably rather be a woman because let's face it, I like throw pillows. <laughs> Was it tough? Uh, was it tough cracking business as a, a guy who's on the shorter side?
2: Was it tough cracking business? Not really. Okay,
3: I, I'm just curious. I mean, you're 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 the best listener I've ever met. So people, you know, are are listening to every word that you have to say with bated breath.
2: Oh, okay, good. I, I like that. It will then let's talk about an um, a, a lesson that people can look at right away when it comes to investing. If we're looking at uh, the markets, some of the returns on the different asset classes, before we get to the piece that we are going to talk about, I was just kind of scrolling through some of the returns year-to-date on, on various types of funds. Okay. So last year, emerging markets down about 18% developed, international markets down about 11 And we all see the S&P 500 year-to-date up about 10.5% right now. Yep. The asset classes that have beat it are international and emerging markets. I mean, some of the international and emerging market funds are up you know, 11
3: to 18%. So last year's losers can become this year's winners, and that's why you rebalance your portfolio.
2: Exactly. And okay. it happens time and time again. Um, the other interesting thing is that how people have piled in year-to-date on some of the certain states' um, tax-exempt funds. Yep. I'm seeing, you know, 10 to 11% returns and things like Ohio tax-free funds. Um, it just... Interesting on on where the the money flow has been the first couple of months of the year.
3: Okay, and you know, in a political year, do you start to think about rebalancing differently, or is it same old, same old?
2: You no, know, I mean, where I start since I you know manage wealth typically, and, and people that are just as concerned about downside as, as upside protection and being participating in the upside. Um. What I always have to do is is take a piece, because there's five important pieces of a portfolio when you're living off of your wealth. And one of them is obviously cash that I talk about all the time and having three years worth of expenses in cash. And that's part of the hardest part to make sure that people religiously stick with that. Because when the market's good, they don't want to have too much cash. They're they're more worried about the upside, and they've already forgot that we had two double-digit corrections last year and going into an election year, dealing with a summer where I'm sure we're going to hear about Spain again, um, we're going to have volatility again this year. And so the time when you say, okay, because you have this three-year worth of expenses in cash and retirement, that's where you're spending your your expenses out of. And your job is to make sure that you replenish that cash with dividends and interest and also by peeling off the growth when you go through a good quarter or a good six-month period in the stock market. And so now is the time to do that. I'm not saying the market's going lower for the rest of the year because, you know, I, I don't know for sure. There's so many things out there that could happen. Earnings look great. They're, they're accelerating, but I mean, they're, they're decelerating. But they're still growing in good companies. But it's still a matter of you've really got to train yourself to realize that once you're living off your wealth, missing out on the upside doesn't hurt as bad as getting hammered with the downside when you're having to sell to live off your income. And everybody that's had a balanced portfolio plus three years worth of expenses in cash in 2007, they're ahead of the game. They have more money than they started with in 2007 because they had a pool of cash to live off of when the market was falling apart.
3: So I got an email yesterday, Mr. Burton, from a guy who said, should I sell my winners when they're winning? Should I rebalance my winners when they're winning? And buy more when things are down. And I was like, you know what? I think you're making too much out of it. You're you basically, should I sell an up market? Should I, should I rebalance an up market or down markets? But then again, you get in the individual classes inside that.
2: Yeah, we go back to you know setting an investment policy for yourself. And usually you have a little bit different type of policy for a stock portfolio versus a mutual fund ETF portfolio. You know, In a stock portfolio, you try to stick with under 20 positions because, I mean, yeah, as a firm, we stick with about thirty or less positions because we want to pick the top thirty that we like and make sure that we can get a bank for for the buck. Um, so, uh, you know, more than that, you don't have enough time to do the homework on those those individual positions. So, what you do is you say, okay, let's say you're buying twenty. Well, that means each position is going to be five percent of your portfolio. So, you set parameters and say, okay, if one position becomes seven percent of the portfolio, I'm going to trim it back back to five. Or sell it all together, depending on you know where it's trading in its historical PE price sales, um, where its earnings are doing, and just trim it back um, and redeploy the funds into you know rebalance the portfolio that way. In a balanced portfolio, where you've got funds and ETFs, you set it as an asset allocation. So if you put you know, say twenty percent, you want of your portfolios in large caps, you can let that go. So, that maybe that'll float up to as high as 30% of the portfolio. But any more than that, you need to trim and, and uh, not let your parameters go above or below 10% of the norm. So, it's really a matter of just sitting down and writing out an investment policy statement for yourself.
3: So, last week, um, the Megalotto was played and won. And three people won it. And they say Mitt Romney was up three people in the polls. <laughs>
2: Okay, alright. Well,
3: Subway sub sandwiches are giving away free... I
2: know, I know somebody that's going to come on in about 10 minutes and argue. with you.
3: Subway sub sandwiches are giving away free Mitt Romney sandwiches today. The only problem, it comes on really, really white bread.
2: <laughs> Did you write these last night?
3: No. So While I'm just, you were drinking? <laughs> I, I've given up drinking. <laughs>
2: You, know, you have one of the best maniacal laughs ever. You would have made have done really well in the Muppet movie.
3: Thank you very much. What's your review of the Muppet movie, now that we're talking about it?
2: Yeah, I, um, I've seen it three times now since I have three kids. Um, I really liked it in the theaters. I thought it was great. I think, they, I think they did a good job in making fun of themselves and then bringing it back. But, um, you know, watching it a couple more times at home on the TV, it just, it just didn't have the same thing. But, I mean, kids love it. Okay. I
3: grew up with a Muppet movie
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean so did I
3: You know my story is that That's my favorite movie of all time And the girlfriend in college got me the CD And The whole thing on it was It was about a frog coming to California And he brought along his friends And I'm said frog Who is the Miss Piggy? Uh, I don't know Anyway, that's Chad Burton You can meet him Thursday night Dinah's Garden Hotel N 6 to 9 p.m. Sign up at robblack.com.
1: Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money.
3: Welcome in, hour two of Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, 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 investing in much, much more. What's on your financial mind? Let's hit some of the very, very basics out of the gate. We have a day of blood. Okay, maybe it's not a day of blood. Maybe it's not that bad. We've got a day of red. We got the Dow down 62, Nasdaq down eight, the SP 500 down six. Big headline story is the Best Buy CEO resigns, admits competitive pressures. I'll be honest with you, I could boil this down. Fifteen years ago, Rob Black wants a TV. He had never seen a high definition TV, so he waddled his little butt into a store, looked at it, and said, "Wow, I want one." And the Best Buy person was so kind, so nice, so lovely. I let them pick it for me. 10 years later when that TV blows up, I waddle into a Best Buy I go, "hmm, I like this one a little bit more No no, I don't need your help no, no, I'm just looking I'm just looking uh, ooh, I know I now know that you want a good deep black and you want to watch a little bit of sports on the TV and um, okay, and I know that Best Buy plays tricks with where they locate the TV in the in the showroom, so I, I understand that and then I uh, write down the model number, okay, it's uh Samsung blah 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 60 inch. Because in my world, size matters. So not only how big and tall it is, but how wide it is. I want it on my, my wall. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, I don't have a 60-incher. For the record, I think anyone who has a TV over 50 inches has a psychological problem. That should be one of the studies. Like, you know, when we fill out your taxes, how big is your TV? And you write in 50%, 50 inches when you're returning your IRS forms. I think they should consider you know looking at your house for some weapons. So, but I digress. So, stocks are on the pace for fifth day of losses.
2: We're
3: having a great year. We're giving some of it back. I suggest when you have a great year in anything, you give some of it back. So, the Dow's down 70, the NASDAQ down 10, the SP 500 down a few. A couple of stories that we have to talk about. Um, we're not going to really drift sideways because there is some boogeyman's out there. Oh, by the way, this year when you fill out your IRS tax returns, make your check out to China. I know. I'll be here all day long. You know, I would actually like to ask Katie if I could do a 24-hour show and break the record for the longest show, uh, financial show in a row. Get in the Guinness Book World of Records. Get some publicity because the Lord knows they're not doing it for me. Um, okay, a couple other things that we need to talk about. Uh, Best Buy, CEO, a little political pressure to resign. That's, it tells you, times are tough. That's a a company he's been with for 25 plus years. Let's talk a little bit about the whole Instagram thing. I'm fascinated by this story. Um, Facebook buys Instagram. Now, I'm not a user of Instagram, which means I'm not totally hip. I'm not totally on top of things. But I know people who are. My friend, Eddie DeRosa, he works in internet video with me. Uh, He posts pictures of himself all the time on Instagram. Now, again, Facebook is all about this little um, social networking thing, right? And if you think about it with Facebook, typically what you, I don't care that you, like if you put a post up that says, I watched JLo's new sexy video, you're blocked, I will never, ever watch... I will never, ever let you get a post in my head again. So, I want to see your photos. Like, Russ, my producer. And he's going to punch me when I say this. He's got a wife and a daughter. I want to see what his daughter looks like. She's 19. Like, I don't know what 19-year-old girls look like anymore. I want to see what he looks like on vacation. Does he smile? I want to see what his wife looks like. He's a little bit older than me. Has she held up well? Like... And then I can talk to them a little bit more like, hey, I saw your daughter on Facebook. She's a good-looking girl. So she going to get married go to college? Um, Facebook to me is this social thing where we're uh, kind of spying on people's lives visually. So for Facebook to buy uh, Instagram, I think it makes all the sense in the world. It has to be the most capital-efficient company in the world. They've got 25-plus billion users. No, 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 25 million. Whoops. In 551 days... They're worth a billion dollars. The New York Times is worth $967 million for a 116-year-old company. that literally wrote during the war, God is dead. They put a headline on that says, God is dead. How awesome can a company be that you can pull off that kind of cojones in a Christian society? The New York Times has been writing history. They've been showing us the news for 116 years. Instagram has been putting up pictures of our cats 550 days. So photos is the core of social networking but Instagram also has only 12 to 13 employees which is like YouTube did when they got acquired for a billion dollars. Billions of people will be using smartphones going forward and one of the features on a smartphone that I use I've got three apps that I use. I use my camcorder I use my camera and I also have this brand-new phone app that, that allows you to dial up your friends and make phone calls. You really should use it on occasion. It's pretty cool. I'll be here all day. Um, so billions of people around the world are going to be using smartphones, and it's a fair bet each and every one of them will be sharing photos. So can Facebook find a way to monetize this with premium services? I, I, You'd have to lack imagination to think that they can't. So if they see me taking a look at a picture of Russ and his family on vacation, in the Grand Canyon, and there's not an advertisement for Visit the Grand Canyon on the right side of that, I, I, I think that would be a mistake. If there's not, uh, you know, do you want to see the world's most famous and beautiful Thomas Kincaid photo of the Grand Canyon? Or painting? I, I think that would be a mistake. With that said, Thomas Kincaid he died. 53-ish. Some people have been sending me emails about, yay, my Thomas Kincaid painting is now going to go up in value. No, it's not. One in 20 American households have a Thomas Kincaid painting in their house. One in 20. What was interesting about Thomas Kincaid is how he can make incredibly crappy art, a product that's an asset and sellable. Snobbish and distasteful. We all could look at his his paintings and say, I could do that. He was the master of light. Where, if you had a dim, lit room, the painting looked different. And if you had a well-lit room, the painting looked different. He had a lot of personal misfortunes, including a DUI and a settlement with his company that he was forced to pay after he was found to have withheld financial information from investors who sought to open galleries in his name. He has a dual legacy. The number one quote critics give him is, Your work is irrelevant. Critics say your work is irrelevant. That's a fascinating comment. And yet irrelevant in our subculture, the microculture that is micro and modern art. He's become relevant to 10 million plus people. He becomes the most relevant artist in our history for being the most irrelevant artist in art. I know you're saying, Rob, you should have your own late night show. Working on it. Okay, what else do I need to tell you? Um, my tweet address is Rob Black Show. Tweet address is Rob Black Show. Uh Florida Marlins said that Ozzy Gillian is going to be suspended for five games for saying that he loves Fidel Castro. Personally, I think the guy needs a drug test because some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is just, why would you say that? And coming from me, a guy who says a lot of stuff that comes out of my mouth... I look at him and go, dude, dude, he may need an internal editor. Mark Lindsay, Olympic diving gold medals, dead at 43. We'll take a break here. Come back, take a look at the breaking news, breaking stories. Get a phone call or two. And don't forget, i got a seminar coming up this Thursday night. This Thursday night, Dino's Garden Hotel in Palo Alto. You can still sign up. It's from 6 to 9. 6 to 9 this Thursday night, Dino's Garden in Palo Alto. Sign up at robblack.com. A lot of news these days about healthcare, Medicare, ways that you can save on your health care. A friend of mine was a 300-pound man, 300-pound plus. Well, he's a family friend, not really a friend, because uh, I'm not friends with unattractive people. But he lost 100, and he's down to 175 pounds. He lost. He was 350 down to 175. He lost half of himself. He lost a human being. And I said to him on Facebook because I don't actually talk to people that I don't care about. I said to him on Facebook, I said, "You should reapply for your health insurance and you should reapply for your life insurance because you can get those lowered very very likely." Now I met a woman the other day, incredibly smart woman, sexy woman, intelligent woman, and she walked by me and I looked at her backside and. She had a Heine a tuchus, that was probably the best Heine or tuchus I've seen in my life. And I referred to it as having an onion. Now, an onion is the place where the legs meet the buttocks. And it's a place that makes a guy want to cry. Like, I was like, that's the best good onion
2: I've ever seen in my life. Oh, Jesus, I love you. <sighs>
3: Chad Burton. <laughs> it upsets you, too, that I saw perfection.
2: Are you high today? No. Yes. Last hour, you said put a bacon strip in with your tax return so they can make their dogs happy. And now an onion, huh? Well, you know, just
3: my friend David losing 175 pounds. And then I see that. Like, this person is a model of fitness. Perfection. Honestly, you can probably. Maybe a big grapefruit is the size of a tukish. It's. That's impressive. That takes effort and time. And if our society had a mandate to lose weight, we could help figure out our deficit problem just off that mandate.
2: Yeah, I've got a whole bunch of opinions on that that might not be too popular.
3: We're too fat as a nation. That's one of the problems we're poor. Oh, I
2: know. It's it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, you know, it talks about Medicare and Medicaid, and it's, you know, you, you go all the way to the point where 50% of the people that are in nursing homes today are on Medicaid or Medi-Cal, if it's California. Right. That means you're dead broke. That means you've spent all your assets down to $2,000, and now you're needing government care at sixty dollars to $70,000 a year. And unfortunately, a lot of that is diet-induced diabetes. Right. hits uh, people later in life. They start losing limbs. They can't care for themselves. It's awful.
3: Well, I was talking to her, and I said, you know, tell me a little about yourself. And she said, I like to write about articles about nutrition. And I'm like, I like to eat fat steaks. Like, don't you think our society would be better if we embraced nutrition than ate cows?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the things that you've got to, especially, you know, and women should really think about this, too, because a lot of times men marry younger women. and this. For- <laughs> That's right. And, and uh, so keeping your spouse healthy is in your best interest because if somebody goes into a nursing home later in life, it's sixty dollars to $100,000 a year in the Bay Area. And that's, that's something that, unless you've bought long-term care insurance, you're on your own paying for that.
3: I heard a farmer talking the other day that he thinks his industry is going the way of the tobacco industry because meat eating's, red meat eating is down 20% in the last 20 years, and he thinks it's going to get worse.
2: Yeah, have you heard of the old the new paleo diet?
3: What's a paleo diet?
2: I think it's basically go back to your roots. You eat, you know, fatty meats. You can eat steak. You can eat salads, nuts, berries, but that's it. And just no carbs, no gluten, anything. It's, it's, uh, I eat a lot of steak. I'm a healthy guy.
3: That's true. Let's see what Susie Orman has to say about this commentary, because she's a financial... Mm.
2: <laughs>
3: well, there you go. <laughs> uh... There's a new restaurant in New York City mm-hmm. uh, that's all about scrounging. So scrounging is the basic idea that you can go get some bark off of a tree, eat it, and be alive and well. Um, so it's, it's like they'll get mussels or you know uh, shelled animals from not the sewer, but they'll like, grow them downstairs in the basement. So it's kind of a, a survivalist uh, gastrology experiment
2: is this run by the homeless or what restaurant is
3: this? No, it was actually run by a dot commer who um, obviously had a lot of money and there's only 20 people who can do this gastrology mixed with scrounging. And I'm not, I'm not making it up. It's called scrounging. Um, And it's, it's, it's a restaurant of 20 people. So I'm guessing he's losing money. Uh, But with that said, uh, I'll send you a link on it. I think you'll find it fascinating to see what sort of businesses ideas you can create when you have all the money in the world from your dot-com days, where you don't right. actually earn anything, you just sold uh, shares to other people.
2: That's right. Congratulations for cashing out when he did, I guess. Um, He's oh. anything stupid he wants now.
3: Okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about?
2: Um, Thursday. Talk Thursday. about the event. Um, go through details of the event, the five really important pieces to a good retirement planning portfolio, a portfolio that's meant to produce income, and you kind of section it out. And some of these sections might be in your taxable account, and some might be in your IRA account, but you've got to have them somewhere. So the first one that I talk about, almost every time I'm on with you, is the cash, three years' worth of portfolio draw in cash. Then you need to have a section of your portfolio that's a balanced portfolio, bond-heavy, and uh, funds, ETFs. Bond funds and individual bond funds when rates are high and coming down or rates are stable. So, cash and balanced portfolios, and a nice chunk in dividend paying stocks, stocks that have a history of increasing their dividends on an annual basis. So your income bill is always going up from those stocks, regardless of what the share price is doing. And then a couple of guaranteed income sources. That's another big piece. And then something that's always got some upside potential, but there's principal protection. So, there's those five key pieces that you need to have in your retirement portfolio and if you don't have it right now you need to find out you know what you're doing wrong
3: okay so the event's thursday night from six to seven uh six to nine p.m six to nine p.m at Dinah's garden hotel in palo alto great parking easy to get to um still plenty of spaces available anything else that we need to know
2: yeah i mean you know basically it's how you make those different those five pieces work together and if you can picture it and i show this in detail is. You've got your cash, that's where you're spending everything out of. You've got your balance portfolio that's kicking off dividends and interest. And you've got your stock portfolio that's kicking off increasing dividends on a quarterly basis. And then you've got your guaranteed income sources. So that could be your pension, your Social Security. It could be something that you've done with a, a no-load annuity that, you know, whatever you put in, you can get 5% or more for life. I mean, I'm talking no-load, so there's no products or anything like that that, that have commissions involved I can't stand those types of things. And then there's other things that people need to learn about that I think will be more um, popular as the market volatility has settled down and and these types of things gain popularity, which is things like structured note CDs where you can get CDs, FBA structured CDs where the return over a three- to five-year period is based on stock market indexes. So you can get a percentage of the upside of the market um, without the downside risk. Um, and it's, it's kind of a replacement for CDs now that... Rates are historically low. Um, So I'm going to talk about those five pieces and how they all work together as well as the danger of hunting for yield in the market that we have right
3: now. So that restaurant's called Antara, A-N-T-A-R-A, and, like, one of the things you can get is a rock with moss on it, and you lick the moss off.
2: Are you kidding? So people actually go there? Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. So the big event is uh, Dinah's Garden Inn. 6 to 9 o'clock Thursday night, a couple nights from now, wealth preservation retirement planning. Sign up at robblack.com.
2: Talking like? about this, that, that, that's so black, it's like, how much more black could this be? And the answer is none. None is that good? more black. Give me some money. Give me some money.
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220, KDOW.
3: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing much, much more. What's on your financial mind? Anything that you want to talk about? Any questions that you might have? We had a caller earlier, but we had some very important things that we had to get to, including my exposition all on The Onion and how perfect it is and how it's a place that makes you want to cry as a grown man. And Hiking is a wonderful thing. Lakes are wonderful. I love Fremont for the hiking in the lakes. Marlon suspend Ozzy Guillon for his caster talk. Now, I, this is just surreal. For him to use the phrase, I love Fidel Castro, it's like, I would, it's like me saying, I love Paul Pot killing millions and millions of people. There's an art to that. You just, you don't say that. The pain and suffering that's been caused by Fidel Castro can't be minimized. I think a five-game suspension's too little. I think, you know, uh, Ozzy Guion's got a lot of testosterone, and he needs to be slapped. There's nothing better than slapping a man. There's nothing better because there's nothing. You can't. You don't punch back. You, you're like, you slap me. That's the only thing that comes out of your mouth when you get slapped. And you're saying, Rob, I bet you've been slapped a lot in your life. Nope. Never once. So Silicon Valley, one of the few places where a 27-year-old web entrepreneur can parlay a photo-sharing application with no known source of revenue into $1 billion. Facebook, they're buying Instagram, a lot like YouTube buying Google. No, 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 Google buying YouTube. So the Instagram app fetched $1 billion in cash and stock after building an audience of more than 30 million people, mostly Apple users on the iPhone. It's a massive accomplishment. The deal is going to raise concerns about a tech bubble. The price tag is only about 1% of Facebook's projected valuation when the company comes public. Prior to the deal, Zuckerberg had only purchased small companies, including ePublisher, Pushpop Press, mobile messaging app Beluga. Now, Google has been building their social internally, and it's failing. Facebook said, you know what? We see 30 million people there. People seem to like this. We got the money. This is interesting. This is a game of, of, of poker for men. And I know you're saying, you're exaggerating. No, no, Facebook has an audience bigger than the Super Bowl every, every freaking fracking day. And what, what do people, they lose their mind. They lose their, their freaking fracking mind <laughs> over the Super Bowl commercials. With that said, you can still name Super Bowl commercials from this year, but you can't name. I challenge you to name one ad that you've seen on uh, Facebook. Hmm. You've got to spend less on healthcare. I'm putting together a top ten list for seniors. For those of you who want it, drop me an email today and today only. Rob at RobBlack.com. It's Rob at RobBlack.com. One of the biggest issues that seniors have is where they're going to live. I want to live in a place where I can go on hikes and run around lakes and smell flowers. (laughs) Just like Fremont. With that said, where are you going to live when you retire? Time is ticking. Deciding where to retire presents an exciting challenge. You're looking for museums and amenities. You're maybe looking for jobs. You're looking for taxes. Are you looking for residents over 65? Are you looking for Sweet Home Alabama? Where you're going to get some pretty rough winters and some brutal summers, but some great falls and springs. Are you looking for Tucson, Arizona, which it's a desert. And as Sam Kinison once said,
2: oh, oh, it's
3: a desert! (laughs) Move! There's no food there! I don't understand why people live in deserts. The whole Vegas and Phoenix thing, and this is where Californians, I laugh at you. In 2002 to 2006, when you're like, well, I can't afford to buy in Palo Alto, and I can't afford to buy in Fremont, and I certainly can't afford to buy in San Francisco. I'm in. Hmm, let's look around. Seattle. Seattle. We have jobs up here. Pay attention to us. Seattle. No, 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 no. Let's go to Las Vegas. Let's go to Phoenix. Let's go to a desert where you have old people. Who don't pay taxes? This will be a great idea to buy real estate. I, I I've never understood that. Have you ever flown into Arizona or Phoenix? You fly over miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles, not less tropical rainforest and, and rivers. You fly over deserts. Winston Salem, North Carolina, I like. I was raised a southern boy. And here's you know, Is he lying? Is my BS detector going off? That's the best part about me is 99.12% of what I say is true. And then the other is just brain matter that died. And I, I'm remembering the way I want it to. Manchester, New Hampshire. Lovely. New Orleans, Louisiana. I'd live there. Cost of the living fell below the national average. The Louisiana tax codes are retiree friendly. Most pensions are exempt from state income taxes. Personal income tax rates are low. Property taxes are amongst the lowest in the nation. Now, again, Hurricane Katrina may, may, how shall we say, thin the herd, which I'm okay with. I think we have too many old people in the United States, and I think we should send you to a state and to a city that's below flood levels, below sea level. How we have a whole city of people living below sea level, it's humorous. It's humorous. It's almost ironic Spokane, Washington, lovely. I want to be near a college when I'm in retirement. So to me, uh, Berkeley, Stanford, jump out. UCSB jumps out. UCLA, USC jumps. Like, I want to be near a place where some cutting-edge technology is being employed by doctors. If you follow my drift. Charleston, South Carolina, lovely city. State taxes are the lowest in the country. Very budget friendly factors. City's known for its mild climate, tourist draws such as Savannah, Hilton Head, Myrtle Beach. You know, uh, once owned a beach house in Hilton Head and I got it right after a massive hurricane. Forty percent off. One of the investment lessons that I could teach you is you don't have to buy her today. It, I had dreams last night that there was a big earthquake. I just think I ate too much Mexican for dinner. But I had dreams of a big earthquake. And um, I was like, whoa, it's the big one. Real estate prices will be cheaper tomorrow. Like, that's the first thing that goes through my head. Tennessee is a lovely city, state. Knoxville, Tennessee. You know, again, not for me now, but for retirement. St. Louis, Missouri. Spirited mid sized city that offers some senior friendly amenities, low living costs, laid back Midwestern atmosphere, full income tax exemptions from Social Security. They've got a riverfront, got museums, they got a casino, 200 plus restaurants. It's a great place for grandkids to visit. Which I plan to make a full litter of grandchildren. I mean, a full litter of children. (laughs) I'm not going to make grandchildren. Ooh, weird, weird, weird. He just crossed the line. Um, You know, when I think of St. Louis, I think of Judy Garland. I know you're saying that makes no sense. So some other things that you need to think about. um, Yeah. Obama. I don't know. This is a tough one. The whole Obamacare thing. It's going to be pretty dramatic this summer. That's one of the potential headwinds. High gasoline prices. High oil prices. Iran, nuclear ambitions. U.S., Israel, stopping nuclear ambitions with a pre-strike. North Korea, you've got a Kim Jong-il-un. Kim Jong-il-un. He's funny. He's probably the funniest of uh, all dictators in the world He's short He wants to marry Angelina Jolie's thigh Which we met at the Academy Awards Which I still don't understand She gets on stage And she has a slit in her dress And she just prominently throws out her thigh Which I don't understand But So we got some issues there and then we got a little slowdown in China China engineering their economy But we got a slow growth of jobs In the United States and that's an okay thing it's a sign that gasoline prices may have peaked, signal relief to both American drivers and President Barack Obama, who Republicans have tried to tie to a climb in the costs. Average prices at the pump have hovered around 3.92 a gallon this month. That's good news for Obama because gasoline costs had risen to amongst the highest concerns for Americans and voters. They tend to blame the incumbents for their economic anxieties. People vote with their paycheck. Drill, baby, drill. So you're going to hear more and more of conversation points like that. CBS, the Masters ratings fall 22%. I brought this up on TV yesterday, and someone got mad at me, which I'm okay with, because the people that get mad at you are typically the people that have escaped the Darwinian wood chipper, and they're typically missing an arm or a leg, or tooth or ear or head. But uh, the final round of the Masters tournament drew its worst preliminary television rating since 2004, Bubba Watson, who's got just advertisers drooling over him, because he's kind of like Tim Tebow. He's a Christian, he's clean, he doesn't get into trouble. Advertisers love that. Tiger Woods had his worst finish as a professional. Tiger Woods wasn't in contention, no one watched on Sunday. Ratings were down huge. The previous year when Tiger Woods roared in the front nine, ratings were much higher. So we need sex and dirt to sell television. Good Christian values don't sell a lot of eyeballs. I heard someone say that he was at a bar watching the Masters, and four women came up to him and within 20 minutes and said, How's Tiger doing? Come meet me Thursday night, Dinah's Garden Hotel, Palo Alto. Sign up at robblack.com.
1: Black and your money on AM 1220
3: KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. President Barack Obama decided to get tough with North Korea. President Barack Obama warned Kim Jong-un that bad behavior will not be rewarded. And then Kim Jong-un asked, so how do you explain a new season in Jersey Shore? He's a wacky, wacky dictator. He's probably my favorite dictator right now. Mmm. That's about all I got for you. When we talk mega millions, we're talking about the lottery. We're not talking about the secret agent code for Mitt Romney. Okay, I'm on my own on that one. I'll just be quiet. Go home and cry. You know, I do uh, I, I do a little fetal crying on occasion. I don't know if you do or don't, but I do on occasion. So Best Buy is lower today by 57 cents. We're waiting for earnings season. That's one of the reasons we can kind of be a little bit on the goofy side here. We're waiting for earnings season. And what that ultimately means is you can't get really too caught up in what you're seeing right now. You can't get freaked out by it. There's not a lot of headwinds that are going to change the way we invest going forward. There are some things right now that we need to think about and say, you know, how prepared am I for this? You know, where do we go as an investment category? I tend to try to be robotic on it. I was recently reviewing someone's 401k who's pushing 30 and only saves 3% of the paycheck. And that's not enough. Uh, the question came up, what do I do? Do I buy a house or do I... You save for retirement. You can always live somewhere. But if you have no money, you can't live anywhere. So houses are expensive. They're a liability. If you lose your job, you'll find out. If your job says, well, we're going to move you from San Francisco to New York, And you decide, well, I I can't sell my house fast enough. You're going to quickly learn it's a liability. It's really important that people start thinking about that. Plus, it's a lot easier to save for retirement if you're spending less on one of the most expensive things that you're going to have. Care for your home. uh, Costs of your home. I got an email recently from somebody that I was intrigued by. Basically, he's Failing pretty miserably. He says, I have a condominium that got foreclosed on two years ago. I have two loans. The second loan is still active, and I'm waiting for a statute of limitations. Now I'm leaving an apartment and saving money. Basically living in an apartment. I would like to invest 1000 to $1,500 a month for the next two to three years. My plan is to buy a new house again for my family after three years. His name's Nelson. Now, one of the businesses that I started, I started up with a guy from South America named Nelson and." said it really funny, so I called him Nilton for a long, long time. His dream was to have a house when he came to America. My dream is to have a retirement income that allows me to live with dignity. So I responded back. I said, two to three years, you can't invest. Too short, anything can happen. Obama can get assassinated. Obama could say that, you know, screw you, Supreme Court. You're out of order. I'm, I'm breaking up the Supreme Court. Like, crazy stuff can happen. We've seen it before. I'm sure we'll see it again. So, the most important question you have to ask yourself is, do I have forty dollars to $100,000 by age 40? Have I saved somewhere between ten and 40000 by age 30? And if not, you may want to start looking for wealthy people to marry. And my number one choice is the burn clinic. So... Beggars can't be choosers. If you haven't saved enough for retirement, it's going to be a tough retirement. Social Security is going to be about 10000 bucks. $200,000 is not enough for retirement. $300,000 is not enough for retirement. $400,000 is not a tough form of retirement. Maybe if you live in Arkansas in a trailer, but you can hear a lot of this. ma'am. the neighbor shot my cat. So if that's your retirement, fine. I don't want the little kid screaming about the neighbor shooting his cat. I want some dignity in my retirement. So I responded to him. I said, he, he responds to me. I said, you know, I'm not sure why you want to own a house so much. He says, my wife really wants to buy a house three years from now, and I'm afraid that the lender will go after me for that $93,000 in the second loan. That's why I'm afraid to save it in the bank. They can get back to me after maybe knowing I have the money in the bank or the investment. Can they do that? I suggest you meet with an attorney. Know your rights before you go into foreclosure. Know your rights before you do a short sale. Is it a recourse loan? Will the recourse loan be forgiven or not? You do nothing after the fact. This guy's living in fear because he didn't plan, he didn't take the time. Now again, I understand what it's like having a wife who's like, I want to own a home, I want to own a home, like, he married the wrong person, sweetie. I want to get to retirement. This guy, his life—he's already been foreclosed on once, and he's like, "I want to do a home again." Woo! Do you see how we're like doomed to make the same mistakes again and again and again and again and again and again? And again? Okay. Um, got a seminar coming up Thursday night. Six to nine. I'm going to go over the stocks that I personally own and why. Chad's Burton's going to be there. He's going to be talking about financial planning issues. Cash, dividend-paying stocks, guaranteed income sources. Chad uses an annuity for 20% of income, and I'm, I'm not speaking for him, but 20% of income in retirement can come from an annuity, but not from a John Hancock annuity, but not from an annuity with a salesperson. He likes using use emeritus, which is like the vanguard of annuities. They're not appropriate for everyone. But some annuities are good. Very, very good. So we'll talk about the different issues out there. We'll talk about the different products. It's Dinah's Garden Hotel, Palo Alto. It's 6 to 9. There's a typo that says it's 6 to noon. It's not going to be an 18-hour seminar. 6 to 9. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here on AM 1220, KDOW. Come back in 22 hours.
0: Thanks for the support. Talk to you soon.